0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 741, recorded live on October 29th, 2022, and here are your hosts. The man who most likely had a casual evening before the recording, Dave Pillay.
1: I was stopping the bloom from consuming a sector
0: of the Imperium of Man. And the man who has no idea what the hell that means, Andy Lohai.
1: (laughs) It means I was playing Chaos Gate, Demon Hunters, a Warhammer 40k game.
0: Ah, okay. Online or you actual models?
1: Neither. It is a game set in the Warhammer 40k universe. It Ah. is more akin to um, turn-based tactical shooter, which is to say it is a turn-based tactical shooter. So more like XCOM? Yes. Okay. Like a direct clone of XCOM, but set in the 40K universe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's your game review right there. No,
1: I'm going to review my Pixel Watch. I just started playing Chaos Gate. I've gotten like... Three hours into it. Although, according to Steam, I have seven hours playtime, but I was away from the computer for
0: a lot of that. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that, you know, I had a game up and running and it's like I log in, I'm like, oh, I got trading cards. How did I get? Oh, shoot. I forgot to close that, didn't I? Oh, Steam trading cards. Yep. I used to be so excited about them. Now I'm just like, oh, I got some more like, trading oh, cards. Oh, I got more
1: trading cards. Well, because, like, you can only get so many from the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wish they had been tied to not play time, but, like, achievements. So that the more you played, the more you got.
0: Well, don't you get, like, extra card packs if more people play the game that's not you?
1: What? I don't know, I think there's a way to get more cards, but, like, it's really rare.
0: <clears throat> I swear, I remember seeing something about how to get more Steam training cards. It's like, you'll get random packs. <clears throat> it doesn't say. Okay, then. Um, <laughs>
1: in any case, that's that's what I was doing. What were you doing right before we recorded, Andy?
0: uh work unfortunately
1: yep driving back from holland where you appropriated someone's laptop power supply yeah so andy posts his work stuff to facebook so it's really easy to catch up on things like that
0: so satellite dish 101 <laughs> the big Uh-oh. big dish is not the actual receiver the actual it's- receiver. It's yeah. That little thing in front of the dish,
1: right? That's that's attached to the dish. Yes, the dish is literally a, a parabolic dish. That's why it's called a dish because it focuses all the signal from all that area onto one point. Yes, that is the the nifty feature of the parabola. One of our conic sections.
0: So that thing on the end of the parabolic dish is called That's the... That's the
1: actual receiver,
0: right? Yes, like it's, it's called the feed satellite. horn. Yeah. Okay. Why is it called that? I don't know.
1: Because someone decided it looked like a horn and it provides the
0: feed. So on the feed horn, um, there's something called an LNB, low noise block down converter. So it takes the RF signal from the, the dish that gets focused from, you know, the parabolic dish to the feed horn and it takes that RF signal and converts it into something that you can actually send down coax. Make okay. sense? That's, that's sure. your, that's your actual like modem of the thing. That converter though, needs power to run. It's not a passive down converter. It needs active power. And so what you do is you actually have your satellite receiver will actually feed power up the coax to that LNB to actually power it. How this all works, I don't know. This is just how it works. Um, so normally, you know, if you just have one satellite dish and one satellite receiver, like everybody does in their house, you know, that it that satellite receiver will always feed the dish and that you don't have to worry about it. But if you work in some place that, you know, has multiple satellite receivers, like TV or radio stations,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> you'll have multiple satellite dishes. And so you have to basically designate one to be the one who feeds the dish. Right. And then you... Yeah, there's lots of confusing things there, but a lot of, what a lot of people do is they basically have a distribution amplifier that will take the feed from the dish and send it out to all the satellite receivers. But that will also be your power to the LNB. Make sense?
1: No, but go on.
0: There's a box that's between the multiple satellite dishes. Yeah. Are all fed from this one box that takes the input from the satellite dish but then also feeds power to the satellite dish. So it's a one-to-many amplifier, okay? Sure. That box right there, the very key component that makes, you know, powers the receiver in the feed horn, Um, we had a power outage up in Holland, and the power supply of that unit just stopped working. Ooh. So... All of the satellite receivers in the building, which there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven satellite receivers all <laughs> said, I'm not receiving a signal anymore. Nothing I can do. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So I go up there and I look, and then like all the satellite receivers happen to all fail at the same time. I hadn't designed this, but I'm like, there's got to be a distribution amp somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if all of them are going down, there's got to be something. Either like a meteor just hit the station.
0: Or somebody backed into the dish. That's happened a couple of times. And they misaligned the dish. And then I have to go back out there with a big freaking wrench and undo all these bolts and move everything back together again. How how
1: big is the big freaking wrench?
0: Uh, the bolts are uh, two inches.
1: That's a pretty big wrench.
0: Yep. Because this is a 12 to 16 foot dish in size, somewhere in that range. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it's a big steel dish. So yeah. <laughs> you have to bolt the thing down. Otherwise.
1: Probably very heavy, too.
0: Yes but i've i've seen the dishes where the wind picks up enough and it's a big sail just <laughs> yep push the thing out of alignment
1: and be glad that it's just pushing it out of alignment not like tearing it off
0: yep yeah. So I had to literally go around the building following the coax going, okay, this coax goes to here that connects up with these ones here and this one goes downstairs and then I go downstairs and I follow it here and I see a note that says, you know, amp over here. So then I go over there and there's no amp and I'm like, what the heck? So then I'm tracing more coaxes and I finally see another note that says, you know, amp now in um, production room. So I have to go back upstairs again, <laughs>
1: into follow. the production room.
0: Yeah, literally just following <laughs> at least, the. At least
1: the, there was a note. Right?
0: Yes, at least there was a note. Otherwise, it would have been another 20, 30 minutes of me tracing more coax cables. Yeah. So I found the I found the 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 thing there, and I look at the power light, and the power light's just blinking on and off, and I'm like, "Well, that's not normal." <laughs> so then I I raid the uh, the junk drawer. <laughs> Because everybody's got that junk drawer, right? Filled with all the old power supplies. Yep. And I had to find one that was 18 volts DC um, one amp, which most things now five volts, two and a half volts, six volts, nine volts, maybe
1: not an 18 volt.
0: Yeah. So luckily in there was a laptop and I'm like, wait a second. Laptop's are normally 18 to 20. I flip it over. I'm like, sweet. 22 volts, 3 amps. Okay, I, a little more than what you need. Well, but I, Hey, the box is only going to pull an amp, it yeah. says. So 3 amps is plenty. You know, I can't go under an amp. That won't work. Right. So yeah, I just, luckily there was Euro block connectors on the back for power, so I was just able to unscrew the one, clip the wires, strip the wires, put them in there, plug it back in, and it goes up and running again. And I'm like, okay. I don't know whose laptop power supply I just destroyed, but it works. (laughs) I'm going to go home now.
1: And go back up later to actually replace it?
0: At some point, yes. Once I find, you know, an 18 to 24 volt, one amp power supply. Yep. So, yep, that was... You know, it's yeah, a pretty got
1: crappy night, Andy. Well, yeah, well, it, started,
0: it started out because I got the emails that, you know, hey, suddenly the web streams were down and that the VPN was down and a couple other things. I got emails from a bunch of things going down at once. I'm like, well, shoot, there's something wrong at the studio. And then two minutes later, I get a call from somebody in the studio going, um, we lost power. Is there anything I can do? And I'm just like, Nope. There's no generator there. The UPS units will last for a bit. And i like, you can just sit around until the power comes back on. Power came back on and he's like, yeah, we're still not getting the satellite feeds. I'm like, okay, go over to the satellite rack. He's like, they all have red lights. I'm like, well, shit!" Oh.
1: <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's not
0: good. Nope. If the lights were green, that would have been okay. Because then the... Whoever did this was smart. There's a fault light on there. Mm-hmm. If the fault light is red, that means there's an active fault. But if the fault has cleared itself, the light will turn green. So then you can actually go to there and go, oh, there was a problem at some point, but it's corrected itself. I can go in and look. Or you can go in there and see the red light and go, oh, there's a problem right now.
1: And so the, as as the green you- one is like, oh, there was a problem, but I don't know what, and it's gone now, but I can at least, like, just do some basic diagnostics. Yeah, it
0: will, there's a simple log in there telling you what the problem was to trip the alarm. Okay, that's good. So you can go back in there and go, okay, previous alarms. Oh, there was a low fault. When did that happen? Let me check. Oh, that was when the lawnmower guy was out there. Hmm.
1: (laughs) Gee, I wonder what that would be.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. Fun day. Hour drive up there, scrambling around, found a fix, put it back on the air, driving back again. And then yes, ordering an actual power supply and then driving back Good. up there.
1: Good. I'm I'm glad that you, you ordered the actual power supply.
0: Well no, I or will we'll, order it soon. Yes.
1: Probably not on the weekend, right? Like we'll no. actually do that from work Monday.
0: Yeah. <sighs>
1: Laz does not approve of Andy <laughs> having to drive to Holland, Michigan <laughs> on a Saturday night nope i I took six thousand emails and reduced it to thirty
0: that's a that's what in your inbox
1: yep, it took a long time.
0: Where am I at now <clears throat> uh eighty five unread emails in my inbox uh 18,638 emails in my inbox so i've got i've gotten rid of a bunch because it was literally my inbox was 34,000 or something like that
1: that's a lot
0: yep i'm down to a reasonable amount and now i can (laughs) you know now i'm just going through going do i really need all these emails from ebay no
1: yeah no uh i At work, I started getting over a hundred emails a day from automated systems.
0: Nope, that's where my Gmail filters come in.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, like Outlook has filters and has rules that you can build into it, but they're kind of limited. And if you have more than one rule that tries to affect something, then it can cause problems. And there's no good like rule management. System, it's just here's your list of rules. They are executed in order, but you're like, I don't know, like if this rule, like great, it executes them in order, but like what do they do, and like does this one stop processing or does it continue, or like blah. Um, so I wrote my own email management tool with AutoHotkey and the Outlook VBA interface.
0: yeah I just let Gmail do all the work,
1: yeah. How long until it like starts applying um like AI and starts suggesting rules? that would be nice it it's like it, oh, it, you always just file this thing from this person after looking at it for like a half a second. Do you want to see this or do you not?
0: Well, it tells me, you know, you haven't opened these emails in a while. Do you want to mark the, you know, you've always like deleted these emails. Do you want to mark these as spam? So it's got Mm -hmm. a spam like AI built in there. Yeah. Most of the time I just delete the emails because they're Mm -hmm. emails just to tell me, hey, this worked and I don't need to save it. Yeah. But yeah, no, it hasn't gone and suggested, oh, you always move these emails to this, you know, this label. Do you want to do that? No, it hasn't done that yet. That would be nice if it did.
1: Yeah, like you always add this tag to this kind of email. Would you like us to just start doing that? Yeah. I also, one of the things that I'm planning on doing, there's there's a couple emails that I get where like, once I've read it, I do not need to go back to it ever. And so like having a, a timed thing that says like, hey, emails that match this criteria, but are also a day old, get rid of them. Like, if I haven't looked at it, even if I haven't looked at it, like, if it's over a day old, I do not need it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I, uh, I set up the uh, thing where the post office will send me scans of the mail. Right. You don't need
1: that after the day. Right? No. <laughs> like, what what advantage does that give you the next day? Yep. And if you didn't look at it, it doesn't matter, Right. We need an email self-destruct.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry, now I'm looking at my inbox. Mm -hmm. I should stop that. We'll just close that. still want to figure out how come not all of my important emails got flagged as notifications on my cell phone. Because I should have gotten 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I should have gotten 14 notifications, and I didn't. Mm -hmm. Dump yep
1: whatever shall you do
0: well these are the ones where it's like yeah no I should have gotten a notification that you know the VPN is down that normally is a problem I don't know I'll have to dig through the notifications again see what they've changed problem. this time oh, so should we me. burp
1: sorry what do you want i'm drinking sprite what do you want
0: <laughs> oh yeah i finished off my uh last deep dive
1: your last De- deep dive
0: yes the baja blast deep dives that i talked about
1: ah okay
0: had them in the Not fridge a deep
1: dive into something but the literally the baja blast deep dive
0: yes that was the one you didn't like no it was good
1: okay i can't keep track of these <laughs> I don't know which ones you liked and which ones you didn't.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. The, the Voodoo, oh, they're going to announce that on Halloween. And then the next one that's coming out is Mountain Dew Fruit Quake.
1: That doesn't sound good. Also, very risky because, like, let's say an earthquake hit, I don't know, Haiti, like the week that they're going to launch it.
0: Yeah, that would be not good.
1: Right. <clears throat> I mean, didn't a like Richter 5 earthquake just hit California like earlier this week?
0: That one I don't know. It did it? Question mark.
1: I I thought it did. Uh, earthquake California 5. <laughs> Or just Lists of California. recent earthquakes in California and Nevada. <laughs> Magnitude. This really needs a filter on this page. Five point something. That's the depth. The problem is there are hundreds of earthquakes that hit California, like, daily.
0: Yeah, there was literally a earthquake that hit willow creek california um today
1: october 25th 5.1 there's a 5.1 earthquake on october 25th how are there negative magnitude earthquakes
0: don't know how to answer that yeah there have uh, the u.s geological society or is it geological society Geological Service?
1: Uh, the USGS? I think yes. is service, because it's part of the government.
0: They, on their website, said there have been uh, 29 earthquakes over the last 24 hours that have a 2.5 or higher magnitude. <clears throat> Highest was a 5.4 out in Tonga. Hmm.
1: And we get lost in data. <laughs> All right. To the surprise of no one. How's uh, the, the SLS? Um,
0: still Are they launching s- yet? Still slated for mid-November, right? Yep. November 14th, yep.
1: SpaceX just uh, static-fired a Falcon Heavy.
0: Yeah, because they got a Falcon Heavy um Falcon Heavy launch. Uh something government related. Secrecy related, government related. Ooh, so not too much. Secret cre-
1: government stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, secret government stuff.
1: Yeah, but they have it on the pad at Kennedy.
0: God, so, the last the last heavy launch? Yeah. Was twenty eighteen. Yep. Was that the Tesla? No. Nope. There was um
1: they did a couple of heavies after that list of falcon heavy launches because of course there's a wikipedia article for the list of falcon heavy and falcon launches <laughs> there's even two there's one that's between 2010 and 2019 and there's one that's 2020 onward oh clearly i want the one from 2010 to 2019 Because the
0: last Falcon Heavy launch was
1: 2018.
0: Oh, nope, nope, there was. First one was 2018, sorry. That was the Tesla.
1: Okay. April 11th,
0: 2019, Arabsat 6A. June 25th, 2019, Department of Defense, something. November 1st, 2022, that's going to be the next one.
1: There it is. FH1, the maiden flight of the Falcon Heavy. Payload, Elon Musk's Tesla Roadster, (laughs) which has its own Wikipedia article.
0: It also, no joke, had its own Hot Wheels car, because I actually have it.
1: The Starman Tesla Roadster.
0: Yes, there was a Tesla Roadster Hot Wheels. That that Tesla Roadster became a Hot Wheels car. I got it. And then it's
1: in orbit, right? Like they inserted it into an actual solar orbit, not just a like, yeah, we're just going to launch it out there and it'll do something. So like it comes around every so often. (laughs) I wonder what its closest approach to earth is going to be. And also like, you know, 300 years from now, when we're cleaning up all the garbage out in space and like, (laughs) we've got advanced technology and they're driving, you know, they're flying around the solar system. Like, um, control. Yes. Control. I've picked up an unidentified object. Um, move into intercept and control. There's a car out here. (laughs) A what? A car, an automobile, like the thing in the museum. Yeah. What?
0: It is satellite catalog number 43205. Okay. Simulations over a 3 million year time span found a probability of the roadster colliding with Earth at approximately 6% uh, or with Venus at approximately 2.5%.
1: Eventually, only the aluminum frame, inert metals, and glass not shattered by meteoroids will remain. (laughs) I
0: love it. Glass not shattered by meteoroids. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, So, SpaceX News. Yeah. Um, Where is it at? Where is it at? Well, first off, Amazon, in order to keep its FCC license for its... Satellite-based internet must launch half of its 3,236 satellites by 2026. Um, The problem is, is that they, when Amazon originally signed deals for their satellite launches, they signed deals with Arian Space, which is the EU company. They're based out of France. There's actually another topic on them blue origin and Mm -hmm. ULA Mm -hmm. problem is how many of
1: them have backed out
0: well the fact is they have to get 50% of their satellites launched by 2026 and the remainder by 2029 or they lose the license and the fact is is that the only per the only company out there with sort that sort of heavy launch capability
1: is spacex
0: is spacex So Amazon has basically actually gone out saying that we are opening – we are open to talking to SpaceX just because we need to.
1: Right. The question is, is SpaceX open to talking to Amazon? And I guess the answer is yes, because money. Yeah. But it would be really funny if, like, SpaceX wrote into the contract, like, we will do this, however – Jeff Bezos must sign or must like make public appearance with Mr Musk and must, you know, go on a press tour about how wonderful the Starship is. Just Amazon also say SpaceX button on this website.
0: The um SpaceX has already launched 3000 satellites with the Falcon yep. 9 rocket, so yeah.
1: And they just keep reusing the same stuff,
0: so that was that was a bit of a surprise, where Amazon's like, yeah, we're open to talk to them because th- their track record speaks for itself, their track record being that they actually are launching things right so I' bringing up the Arian space program. Mhm, think of Aryan space as that's, that's got to be
1: the wrong way to like say that, right?
0: I think I, I don't know. It's French, so I don't.
1: Because Aryan isn't that the German like perfect race?
0: Yes, that is that is true.
1: So it, I think you're mispronouncing something, Andy.
0: Ah, Aryan means very holy in French.
1: Okay. But is that how it's pronounced? Aryan. Aryan.
0: Aryan? Okay.
1: Aryan.
0: Aryan space, then. How about that? Okay. Okay, so Aryan space.
1: Arianne. Ariane, i guess i'm listening to a like here's how to pronounce it go ahead Ariane. yep so Ariane, sure whatever it is
0: they're european union based because they're based in france uh i do believe that is it airbus i think a airbus is the um it's
1: the french aeronautical
0: yep so a lot of similarities between the um them and Boeing and etc yes so the EU spent what is it four four billion dollars to try and get the Ariane six mm-hmm. up into space and they announced the original funding for this back in uh, looks like 2018
1: okay. It's a big asterisk on anything that predates twenty twenty.
0: Yes, but still So
1: how'd that it, work out for them?
0: The ESA, you know, gave a whole bunch of money to this European air, aerospace company to build a new rocket. Mm-hmm. Four billion oh, four billion euros. Sorry, not US dollars, but Oof, Euros.
1: That's that's a lot of money.
0: Yep, four billion euros and The original maiden launch was slated for July 2020. Here we are. And as
1: we all know, something happened.
0: Yep. And um, they just had a briefing last week, and they said that the latest maiden flight has been pushed to Q4 of 2023 or possibly Q1 of 2024.
1: That is a long delay.
0: That, yep. What's their
1: explanation?
0: Well, there's, there's a couple of explanations here. A lot of it um, came from the flat, fact that um, rather than actually just trying to get it out <laughs> the door and in, up into the air, mm-hmm. I, it was a lot of, oh, well, the pandemic, we're not going to launch right away, so we can actually try doing some updates to everything.
1: Oh Yeah. So they they went back to the drawing board on a few things. Mm hmm. how did that work out <laughs> four years later? And we we know how it
0: worked out. It yep. didn't. Uh
1: well that's that's unfortunate for them. Yep. I feel bad for them.
0: So yeah, so Europe doesn't really have their own launch Modern rockets, right? Yep.
1: Launch rocket,
0: yeah. Because they were planning on taking the Ariane 5 and, you know, shutting down that one because the 6 was supposed to have already started launching by now. Right. Since
1: that didn't happen, are they just still using the 5s or...
0: Most of the 5 stuff has been spooled down. So they're they're trying to... Your thought now is, okay... Do you cut your losses and spool the five back up again, hoping to get the six up and running? Or do you just put more money into the six and hope you can get it?
1: I mean, they've already said it's not showing up for at least a year. Yes. Right. Q4 2023 or Q1 2024. And assuming they're talking calendar year, not fiscal year. Like they they got to resurrect some of the fives if they want to do a launch anytime in the next year and a half. Right.
0: Hopefully. If not, then people in Europe, like we've seen, are just going to go to SpaceX and
1: just keep using SpaceX and keep- SpaceX gets more money and more power and more influence. Yep. And I'm gosh, I'm worried about that a little bit. Yep. I'm worried about that a lot of it, actually.
0: Yep. But they are not the only one trying out new things. So there's an Atlas V launch on November Mm -hmm. 1st. ULA says they're doing a secondary um, mission demonstration on the launch.
1: Secondary mission demonstration. English, please. Translation is... They had
0: had some room, so they they are able to do a test launch during Um, this other launch of an inflatable heat shield.
1: Ooh. That is interesting. Um, Doesn't that... Doesn't that introduce a point of failure, like... If the heat shield fails to inflate, you're kind of screwed.
0: Right? Well, yeah, this is a this is entirely a test. So the the first stage will do its first stage thing. This upper stage will <laughs> achieve a sun-synchronous orbit and deploy the joint polar satellite system weather observatory for NOAA and NASA, and then the inflatable heat shield rides below. The satellite in the payload stack, and is packed with a bag 7.4 feet tall and 4.3 feet in diameter. After achieving ballistic re-entry trajectory, the rocket reorients, and the launch canister casing in its stowed configuration is ejected and the upper stage issues a signal to wake up the inflation process using nitrogen and they'll release the reentry vehicle about seventy five minutes after liftoff the reentry vehicle plunges through the atmosphere, hopefully the flexible heat shield will hold
1: I hope <laughs> that's that's a great thing to say, like we hope it'll hold. I don't know man Flexible.
0: <laughs> mm. yep, an inflatable heat shield low earth orbit flight test of an inflatable decelerator lofted okay Ugh. Yeah, I feel like somebody had too much time in on their the hands main, for that acronym. Yeah. But yeah, think about that because... I'm the, thinking about it. I I don't know how I feel about it, but I am thinking about it. Because the, the bigger the heat shield, the higher up in the atmosphere you can be before you, when you start deceleration. Or you can decelerate better mm. in places that have less atmosphere. Like Mars,
1: but that is that necessarily a heat shield at that point? Like well, it's an aerobra at that point, right,
0: but they plan I guess on making so yeah it can
1: get really hot and you would need it to get hot and to be able to to be able to get hot.
0: yeah, uh it says it can withstand temperatures in excess of four thousand degrees Fahrenheit. that is very hot. It inflates to six meters in diameter. Which, that's, that's actually pretty big.
1: Yep. That's 20 feet. Yep. How big are your satellite dishes? <laughs> Not that big.
0: Okay. So, the idea would be, you know, also trying this on other planets, but also, if this inflatable part works, is attaching it to the second stage rocket engines, which, you know, cost about... $10 million a piece.
1: Ooh. Crazy.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing that Elon Musk has, you know, always talked about. It's like, it's, you know, it's the second stage. She, It's just too costly to try and reuse. Well, this might be an option. Yeah. So, yeah, so Atlas V is trying something. We'll see how it happens. Like I said, launch on November 1st. Okay. I love the fact that they're like, oh, we had room, so we... So we're just going to try it. We're going to try it. If it works, it works. Yep. Does not it affect it the primary mission at all. It just... We'll, we'll see if it works.
1: Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then at least we know it doesn't work, and we can start looking for something else. Yep.
0: All right. You put a space news topic on here.
1: I, I did. So, first off, Insight. Remember Insight?
0: That was the Mars the, mission. That was the thing where it was supposed to like dig into Mars, right? I think so.
1: Wasn't that also the Sky Crane?
0: Um, one of the s- Sky Cranes, I think. No, this was a this was a lander. Is it? A sk- mm.
1: In either case, Insight is in in sad news about to die. Yes. Uh the problem with the the landers the stationary ones is that they like they have no way of cleaning themselves off. And so the panels get covered and so they don't get enough power and so they close down. And that's about to happen to Insight. It is it has has kind of gotten to its last little bit. However, <laughs> They were able to get, like, a little bit of of data right at the end, uh, which is they thought there was a Mars quake. And it turns out it was not a Mars quake. It was an impact, a meteor impact on Mars near the equator. And it registered and they, they managed to find out, like, it uncovered ice in the impact crater. Like, really? Boulders of ice near the equator. So that's that's kind of a big thing, because like that's that's ice on Mars. They're starting to think there's a lot more water there than they thought.
0: Well that's good, because that's the one thing that we need.
1: Yeah. Water makes things possible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So that's that's mine. There's a lot of sad topics out here from what I'm looking at. Um, I'm looking at like the U.N. climate change. That doesn't sound happy.
0: No, uh, because I know
1: what the world is like right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The the scientists believe that we are going to go past the threshold of one point five degrees Celsius.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: Even though, you know. Since the last meeting last year, the governments have done diddly squat yeah. to um, mitigate yeah. their, you know, this problem, and that only an urgent transformation of society will avoid disaster, which that's a, that's a lot there. Yeah, it's not a happy – it's not a happy – report yeah
1: well especially because like once we go past that certain threshold there's a runaway growth for a little while Mm -hmm. and we we're gonna hit that like um you know the the caps melting which releases more methane into the air and more carbon because that's trapped in the ice caps and the water will cool for a little bit but then it's gonna warm up
0: yeah it's not gonna be a fun time
1: it's it's gonna be gross
0: Well, the EU actually recently just stated that they are now going to ban internal combustion engines from cars by 2035.
1: Cool. What about trucks? Uh, let's see. Because banning from cars is one thing, but like, where's where's the pollution really coming from? Is it from cars?
0: Uh, Let's see, uh, heavily reduced passenger vehicle carbon emissions. New passenger cars and vans in 2035. So, yeah, the trucks would be helpful. Oh, yeah, and OEMs that produce fewer than 10,000 cars a year, like Ferrari, McLaren, and Aston Martin, will be given waivers.
1: So they don't have to change at all.
0: Uh Oh, no, they will have to go entirely emissions-free by 2035. But still, yes, trucks. That would be um, helpful.
1: That's... Oh, Andy.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, Apple is going to do USB-C. Yep, they said, obviously, we have to comply when they were asked about if the iPhone will, you know, how will the iPhone react to the new EU regulation that requires devices to have USB-C ports. Yep. Obviously, we'll have to comply.
1: What a great statement. Well, obviously, we'll have to comply. Uh, However, it doesn't mean that the U.S. Apple...
0: No, the U.S. Apple will... Uh, let's see, does it say anything about the U.S.? Ah, yes, he didn't clarify whether the company plans to only introduce USB-C iPhones in Europe, or is it required while still introducing Lightning phones in the U.S., or whether it will offer the USB-C phone in both. So we don't know if this will affect the U.S., but they said it will will be in the U.S. EU. He also stated that we think the approach would have been better environmentally and better for our customers to not have a government be that prescriptive. So the thing is, yes, we're going to do it, but we don't like it. So yes, so they, uh, they they don't like to do it, but they're going to do it, and they haven't yeah. said if they're oh, going to do it. because it's
1: Apple. They yeah. don't want to have to do it, but yes. they will do it. Which I'm thoroughly
0: amused by.
1: Couldn't happen to a worse, I mean, uh, <clears throat> excuse me.
0: Well, speaking of ridiculous things, and ridiculous companies. <laughs> yes? Activision.
1: Oh, I don't like where this is going, Andy.
0: So the latest Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came out. Yes. And you could buy it on physical disc, right? Or you could get like, the digital download. Because you can buy games physically. Yeah. Turns out the disc that the game came on yeah, only had 70 megabytes of data on it.
1: 70 megabytes of data. So a loading screen and a set of credentials.
0: Most likely, yes, because the 70... <laughs> 70- Sorry, 70, and, 72, and instructions
1: on how to download the rest of the game.
0: 72.23 megabytes in size. And basically, the disc basically just said... Um,
1: Thank you for purchasing. Please it, wait while we download the game.
0: Yeah, it just basically had tipped, connected you automatically and started downloading all the 150 gigabytes of game files. Which also, 150 gigabytes of game files?
1: Yeah, I know, it's a lot. But like, so the the disc is just like one of those little gift cards you buy in like the checkout lanes.
0: What's really funny though is there was also a steel case collector's edition of the physical (laughs) disc.
1: Of the 70 megabyte disc. So here's, here's where I'd be kind of pissed off at that. And now that I think about it, kind of pissed off at a lot of modern games because of this. If I buy the disc, that means in 20 years, I should still be able to play the game. Yes. But that's not going to be the case, right? Like 20 years later, you put the disc in and it's like trying to... Do- oh, server's gone. Sorry.
0: Yep. Heck, that, that's happened with a bunch of my EA games where it's yep. like, hey, do this part of the game. And I'm like, I can't because you guys shut down the servers. So I can't. And, of course, every time I boot it up there, it you know pops with an error message going, hey, we can't connect to the EA servers. And I'm like, yeah, because like,
1: – Well, no, duh.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, no, that would – I'd be super pissed if I got this there and I'd be like, okay – you know, activism. Oh I can sh- play
1: my game. Nope, no, you can't. One hundred and fifty gigabytes later. God, that's so bad. Can
0: you even that's so bad? Can you save that on like? You'd have to save it on like an external hard drive, right? Somehow, no. Can Can you back up? I, you know, granted, my last Xbox was the Xbox three hundred and sixty, as it's sitting
1: over right bi- there. How big is the PlayStation now? <laughs>
0: PlayStation 5
1: Disc Edition Uh, Buy PlayStation 5 Consoles Exclusive Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Console Uh, I want the details of your thing I don't want to actually buy it I just want the details of it (laughs) Ooh, I can buy a Starlight Blue cover for my PlayStation 5. Oh, only for the disc-free version. Lame! I'm trying to find the friggin' hard disc size. PS5 has 667 gigabytes free for games. Okay. So yes, you can install this game in its entirety. You can't install it four times. <laughs> and if you delete it, you'll have to re-download 150 gigabytes worth of game yep. file.
0: That's that's a lot.
1: That's so much. That's so much. Laura was just pantomiming, couldn't you just use like the disk? The disk contains a file to download. SD card. Oh, an SD card, not the PS5. No, there's no there's no SD card slot in the PS5. USB stick? You, yes. I don't know if you can play games off of the USB stick. No.
0: No. Well, there's got to be some way of backing up the data that you've downloaded, right? I mean, you could install another hard drive. It's
1: what a USB stick.
0: There, you know, <laughs> install the other hard drive and then get set it up as like a RAID a raid one
1: that no not not on a ps5 andy what do you think this is a linux box you think it's a playstation 3
0: no no it's not where
1: you could install linux for a couple years before sony said you know what nope never mind not anymore yeah uh all right how we doing
0: well we've hit the we've hit the time my timer went off
1: Okay, so that's what the timer was. So it's time for the random review. I'm also calling an audible on my random review. I'm not going to review the thing I told you I was going to review. Okay. I'm going to review something else because I heard your timer, and your timer reminded me that I finished a game called Superliminal.
0: Okay, how do you spell that?
1: S-U-P-E-R?
0: Well, yeah, I know that part. I know how to spell super.
1: L-I-M-I-N a l yes one sec
0: yes it is a l
1: yes l-i-m-i-n-a-l oh it's a puzzle game Uh uh-oh it is a puzzle game in the style of portal it is a first person puzzle game
0: oh i always love me my puzzle games
1: yeah so this one is is like what the frack (laughs) i'm
0: i'm looking at screenshots
1: (laughs) now going there it is So the mechanic, the core mechanic of this is that when you pick something up, whatever screen size, like whatever space on the screen, the number of pixels on the screen that it takes up
0: becomes constant. Oh, so things are getting big or small. Or small. So like you pick up something that's like
1: relatively close and then you turn and like walk up against the wall so you're really super zoomed in on the wall and then you you let go of it, it's become really, really tiny. Because it's the same size relative to the screen, but not relative to physical space. So you can make, you can change the size of things. So it's a game that really plays with perspective. Mm. And the writing is very Portal-esque. I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give up too much because it's like like Portal. It's a game that you really have to play through to, to get that, to experience that. Um, but there's there's definitely like some Portal influence on the game. Uh, also, a little bit of antechamber. Thrown yeah, in there. I
0: was going to say this. This looking at some of this stuff has a fit, bit of an anti-chamber vibe, which that a, a game, little bit. Whoa! That, so
1: anti-chamber is like mindfuckery to a thousand. Super liminal is like mindfuckery to like twenty percent. I think I got like a headache trying to figure part of it out, but it was really good. It was really good. Oh, and there's also like the the buttons that like you put something down on a button and a door opens. Like that's clearly from Portal. Mhm. Uh it's, it's so good. It's so good. The thing is every level starts with an alarm clock. <laughs> so when I heard your alarm clock going off, I'm like yeah, every level starts with an alarm clock, every level ends with an elevator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's yep, that's that's got some Portal vibe right there.
1: There's there's an antagonistic computer program. Rather there's a computer program. Whether it's antagonistic, I I don't know if I can actually say one way or the other. There is a computer program. Okay. It tells you right up front that it does not care. <laughs> it's like I'm not the the joke is I'm not part of your care team. I do not care. Oh, okay. it's it's just so well designed. It's very well designed, it's very well done. Uh there is a creepy ass level in it. So probably not for young kids like there's nothing bad I, I'm i going to stop there I'm actually not going to say it because I don't want to ruin it because it's just so good go play this game
0: alright I will put it on my wish list and uh, hopefully somebody will get me some steam credits for sounds Christmas.
1: good or just buy you the game off your wish list
0: also could be true yes <clears throat> All right. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. What habit do you have now that you wish you would have had much earlier in life? Hmm.
1: What habit do I have now that I wish I... See, I have a thing that's not a habit, but I wish I did it more when I was younger, which is to say I brush my teeth regularly now
0: yes oh my gosh i did not do That's, that when i was younger and there, here's the
1: thing it's not a habit and all the people who are like oh if you do it for like 60 days it becomes a habit bullshit fuck you <laughs> i still have to make the conscious effort to brush my teeth it is way easier to not do so
0: i'm trying to think of i i do it because It's part of Isaac's bedroom, you know, bedtime routine. Yeah. So it's, you know. You brush your teeth together. Yes.
1: That's very cute. And then you have a a Mountain Dew when you record with me.
0: Yes, that is also true. Kind of undoes brushing your teeth there, Andy. I know, but I don't normally have a Mountain Dew. Just once a week. Yes, just once a week. Yeah. But yes, no, that's... Yeah, there have been no, I, many I, hours spent yeah. in dentist chairs that I really wish I could, if I was smart enough. <laughs> I, that you could have avoided. Yes. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think about it now. It's like, you know, there's the preventative maintenance <clears throat> yep. versus, you know, repair. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, if I just brush my teeth, just <laughs> the two minutes, of, you know, two times a day. It's a lot better than, you know, going to the dentist office and be like, I'm going to have to see you in a couple of weeks. (laughs) We've got, you know, multiple cavities to fill. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. That one. And then also exercising. Again, something that like is not a habit
1: that I have now.
0: But it's still like, you know, I can drop Isaac off in the morning and then I hop on the treadmill I do my little iFit thing. Have I reviewed the iFit treadmill or no? I do not know. I don't think so. Might have to do that next week. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that's part of my morning routine now. It's like, okay, I do the treadmill and then I shower. Then I go to work. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that's, um, yeah. Having just a, uh, having exercise as part of my daily routine would probably be... Useful. Yes. Cause it's a lot easier if I remember hearing this correctly it's a lot easier to regain muscle that you've lost than it is to gain muscle in the first place hmm I don't quote me on that I'm not a nutritionist I'm not a physical therapist but supposedly that's you know that's it's a lot easier to you know if you to 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 redo something than it is for your body to do it the first time the first time is always the hardest so if I would have you know done it the first time when I was younger and my body was more younger more flexible more
1: Mm -hmm. resilient
0: like I think I hurt my shoulder sleeping weird
1: (laughs) yeah that's happened
0: yep so yeah Nope, it's brushing my teeth and exercising. I will go with those two. I, I would go with those, except they
1: aren't habits oh. that I have. Like they, they, they are habits. They are just not habits that I have. So I don't know what habit I have that I would prefer to have when I was younger. I would like to have the habits of exercising and brushing my teeth. And oh, uh, no, that's still not a habit. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I have any like habits that I didn't have when I was younger. There are things I do better now, but they're not habits. I brush my teeth every night now. I throw my laundry into the hamper most of the time. Uh, I cook. <laughs> like, but I would not call these habits.
0: Mm.
1: I made puffed rice tonight, by the way. It was a lot of fun. I highly recommend And I think with that, that's everything
0: all right yeah that's a wrap this has been another episode of the random access podcast if you have any questions comments concerns corrections suggestions remarks reviews rebukes retorts or just rants feel free to contact us you can find us on twitter at podcast, or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net thank you for listening